Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast, and today I'm super excited. I have another special guest with me. Uh, you can currently see her on Netflix. She is on the show Working Moms. Uh, you could catch her on Jupiter's Legacy. You can even catch her on CBC. Uh, she's on a show called Revenge of the Black Best Friend. Also the voice of Jazzy uh, for Jeremy and Jazzy, which is also for CBC Kids. So she's all over our television. She also has a talk show, Real Blackity Talk. So you could catch that on CBC or YouTube, whichever you like. Um, she is a winner of the Gala Dynasty. And you can currently stream an EP on top of the world, which is in collaboration with Trevor Simpson and Gigi Rich. So you could catch her on TV, you could catch her on the internet, you could catch her on all streaming platforms and support her. So welcome to Total R&B, Asa. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing great. You look amazing. I love the hair. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Um, I'm so excited. So as I mentioned before, I've had you on uh, the radio show, The Morning Detour, and we've been following your career ever since we discovered you and we love the growth that we've been seeing and all the things that you've been accomplishing, which is very inspiring. So I can't wait for my listeners and viewers to hear everything, especially for those that don't know you, um, to tap in and really, um, you know, discover some new talent, some new Canadian talent. So when I start the show, I always ask the same question, which is, what is your first memory of R&B music? Ooh, my first memory of R&B music. I always go back to this one, which is I'm sitting at home watching TV and I hear my sister come home. She's coming home from school or whatever. And the door like slams. I'm like, what's going on? And I hear her step. Boom, 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 boom. She walks into the bedroom. And she's like, play track 12. And I was like, what? And so at the time we had just gotten Destiny's Child's writing on the wall. And we'd been listening to Bills, Bills, Bills and like, you know, all the other tracks on the record, but we had never gone to track 12. And, but I knew exactly what she was talking about. So I put the CD on, I knew she was talking about that record, put it on, press play. And lo and behold, it was Say My Name. Mm. And our brains exploded. We were like, we have this song on the CD this whole time. And of course we listened to it until the CD was so scratched up that it was, it was done, you know? So that's definitely one of my first, one of my most memorable R&B moments because there was something so special about putting on a CD and, mm -hmm. and playing it over and over again and how albums were so important, you know, like full bodies work. And so, yeah, definitely a good memory. <laughs> Man, I was waiting. I was like, I don't remember what's track 12. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? But yes, yeah, Say My Name is a classic, a classic uh, DC record. But isn't it so crazy with albums too? Like you would buy the CD and of course you're buying music that you love, right? So you're always playing over. But then when it starts skipping, it used to be such an annoying thing. It was. I would find, like I would rub on the CD. You'd think that if you give it a little steam, like... You know, that it would it would help, but it wasn't like, no, at some point. Someone it was told me, and I was using this trick for a while. I don't know how good it was, but they were like, put like a little bit of alcohol, like take a cotton ball 
and put some alcohol on it and then rub it on the CD. So I would have to do that because I played music like 24 seven all the time, like to go to sleep when I wake right. up throughout the day studying. So my CDs always got scratched up. And then I also didn't really take the best care of them, but. Listen, yeah. we did what we could. And also I remember, you know, like you'd let the CD skip and you're like, it's cool, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't hear that. It's only when it was like, and you're like, ah, damn it. didn't take it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, what other music do you remember listening to growing up? Um, I definitely listened to Mariah Carey, like old school, one of her first records, uh, All In Your Mind. I listened to Whitney Houston, um, Alicia Keys. Mm -hmm. I loved all the American songstresses and and I just I was obsessed with them and I wanted to be every each and every one of them. And then I think with time I dove into jazz and I really fell in love with Dinah Washington. Mm. Um, there's something about her her just her sass and her performance and her vibrato that you know those jazz divas inspired the r&b songstresses and so it was nice to a little later later on in life to discover that and be like wow like we've been at this for a while and sounding real good doing it <laughs> yes amen to that that definitely has been happening but that is so dope so all of these influences from when you were a kid that influences your music now because your music I love listening to it because it's always positive. It's always inspiring and motivating. So do they have that influence on you today? Definitely. Especially Alicia Keys. Like when I was younger, you know, she's always been about her spiritual positive music and she got me through so much, you know, like I, I felt like in a way, you know, my sisters were my grounding force growing up and we lost our mother when we were very young. And so I found these mother figures in these, in these inspiring artists and Alicia Keys to me was really, it felt like she was talking to me and it felt like she was telling me like, you got this or, you know, stay true to yourself. And so when I started writing, it just, it just started happening naturally that, um, I wanted to write this music that was uplifting, that would make people feel less alone, that would make people feel seen and supported and loved and protected, you know, because that's what music has done for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I feel uh, sometimes too, it, the mainstream music that we catch a lot on the radio is kind of the opposite of that. Unfortunately, there's just a lot of the lyrics that are just talking about some wild stuff. Right. And yeah. that has its place too, right? Mm -hmm. Like that has its place too. But then I see artists like Lizzo, who is just a ball of positivity, but she's very much herself. She found a way to not be like super cheesy, but to mm -hmm. make pop music, but to still twerk. And I'm just like, black women are amazing, you know? And um, for me, it's inspiring because I'm like, okay, I make music that is on the more positive tip, that is a lot more intentional. Um, and so it's nice to see that artists are making it in the mainstream, making that kind of music, you know? No, definitely. It is. Um, but I do want to go back a little bit. So listening to all this music as a kid, right? when did you know that you have this talent, this gift 
to perform and sing and write and all the things? Right. Um, I always loved to put on a show, but I was also very shy when I was a kid. And now when I think about it, I think it's really my spirit that was pushing me. But at the time, it literally felt like a voice inside of me was like, do it. And I was like, no, I'm scared. And it was like, go for it. And so even when we did oral presentations in school, I was so extra. I would, you know, it didn't matter what topic I would talk about. At the end, you would get a song. If I was talking about, you know, the provinces in Canada, at the end, I'd find a way to put a song in there and perform for my class. And they all knew what to expect. And at the time, once again, it just felt like I had to, even though I was like terrified. I I feel like my spirit was always pulling me to be like, this is what you're meant to be doing. So get over your crap and perform, you know? And so it started very young. And then I went to um, a school called L'Ecole Secondaire Saint-Luc and there was a music program and we did musicals there. and the teachers were super encouraging and that's where I really discovered my talent for learning scripts and performing like I, you know I played Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz and I played Aida and Aida and I was just like I was like this is amazing this is like a blend of all the things I love and um, and so it just grew from there and then I studied theater and as I was studying theater I realized how much music was such an important part of my life. And so that's when I started writing more seriously. So is that like a, a comfort place for you, I guess, when you were growing up as a kid, like to be on stage or to be singing in front of people, even though it like it's nerve wracking and you're you're shy, but like, is it more comfort, like a kind of like weight off your shoulders when you're like on the stage performing? Yeah, I feel like I now when I look back, I realize I did a lot of wanting to appease the people around me and just I was I was very self-conscious and I always knew who I was, but I was hypersensitive to everyone around me. And but then when I got to go on stage for a moment, I got to just fully be myself. That's how it felt at the time. It was like, I have the mic. I have the stage. Let me do a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whereas my day to day was like, don't take up too much space. Is that like, be mindful of the people around you? You know, it was, there was always that. But even now, now I'm just grateful that I've managed to bridge that gap and I'm okay shining just as much on stage as I am off stage because that is who I am, you know? But it took a while. It took a while to get there. And I'm happy to finally be here. But it it shows like I know you sh we shouldn't judge people off of their social media because sometimes you get only like one facet of somebody on there or maybe, you know, they kind of create the world <laughs> that they want to be in. But looking at your stuff, you know, other interviews or you on social media, you just see that light. Mm. Like you just look like just a fun person to be around, like a really cool person, but someone to like, you'll learn from as well. Aww, so thank you. You're welcome. But that's what you kind of um, show on social media. That's the vibe that I get anyways. That's me. That's me, girl. That's me. <laughs> You're doing it. It's coming across perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, you did mention uh, going to the performing arts school. So because you have um, that training and you have that experience, if you were to do a Broadway play now, what play would you like to do? Oh, my 
such a good question. I I think I would have a blast doing Chicago Ooh. with my sister. Mm-hmm. Because literally in the story, it's like two sisters that are competing, but they kind of come together at the end because the show must go on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like Kamana and I would have a blast doing that. But I also would love to write a musical. I would love to, that is definitely one of my goals one day because mm-hmm. musicals, it was my first love, my first introduction to the stage and, um, well, my introduction to the stage. And I feel like now that I've written my own show, now that we've produced Real Blackity Talk, I know what it takes to produce a show, you know, mm-hmm. and deal with the network. And I'm like, there's something there. I want to write a story about, I don't know, I, my story, you know, a young black girl, Burundian, growing up in Montreal, bilingual, uh, loves the stage, knows nothing about the music industry, but is just like throwing herself in and the journey of that, you know, and I, and to write the music for it. Like I, that's what I'd want to do. But yes, Chicago. If I have to put it plain and simple, Chicago. Well, maybe you'll get cast in Chicago. You can learn, you can see like the behind the scenes and everything Ooh. it takes to put the show together. Yes. While you're writing. And then you have your own show. Honestly, love it. Claim it. Love this energy. Thank you. Yes. Of course, no, but I would really love to see that one day, like you just pop up with an announcement like, guys, I'm going to be on Broadway. I think that would be super dope. So put it out there. And that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, because you always say you're a serial manifester and you've been doing a lot of different things. And like I said before, you've been doing it really well and you've been successful at those things. So what is it like to you, your definition? What is a serial manifester? I think it's someone who moves with a lot of intention, someone who is in touch with spirit and 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 the way that energy works, you know? And so I call myself a serial manifester because I I know that I'm a creator, you know? I am capable of creating my reality and it doesn't it always starts from the inside out, never from the outside in. And so as a serial manifester, I'm just moving with complete trust in myself and in the universe and allowing life to unfold, but to infuse my intention in it, you know? So it's not just about, like at some point I was really obsessed with like, next manifestation, what's the next thing I'm doing? What's the, and now, I feel like I'm in this flow where I'm letting my intuition lead the way mm-hmm. and it's bringing these beautiful, juicy opportunities my way, opportunities to create, opportunities to connect. And that, and then it kind of, you know, I wake up and I'm like, this is the life that I, I dreamed of, you know, and I'm just going to keep creating more of that. So I guess I'm a serial manifester <laughs> up in this tree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, definitely. And I like that you said, like, to trust your intuition and kind of, like, flow. Because I think for a lot of us, and myself included, we're always just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And we just keep focusing, focusing on it so much that sometimes 
um, maybe we're pushing it away too right. a little bit, or we're not open to maybe receiving something in the way that, you know, the universe wanted us to. We're kind of just right. getting it in one way. Right. So I think that's pretty cool that you said that. Do you feel that anybody could be a serial manifester? And if so, like what tips would you give to someone who wants to, you know, start tapping in and manifesting their dreams? Mm. I think everyone can be. It starts with a lot of intention. It starts with remembering that you are so much more than the thoughts, the habitual thoughts that are flying in your mind all the time. And it's being able to catch the thought. You know, you can think, you can think, oh, this situation is clearly going to be hard. Like, it's going to be difficult. The universe is like, okay. And then you go in, that's what you expect, that's what you create for yourself, you know? And for me, what I'm doing is just doing my best to catch it before the momentum is so intense that I'm actually living out the thing that I don't want, you know? And so my advice would be to be radically honest with yourself about where you are, about what you want, and like, just sit with that for a second. Like, you don't have to spring into action right away, but to take it in because growing up, we are bombarded with so much. And I think that becoming an adult and becoming becoming who we are meant to be is about shedding so much of that, so much of the the pressures and the expectations and the the noise. You know, there's a lot of noise, and so my yeah, I would say just go within, create that routine for yourself where you can just be with yourself. We're so busy running, running and comparing ourselves and going on social media and trying to be these people, but you are that person. Like that person that you were, that you're looking for mm -hmm. is you, it's in you, you're that person. And so we just need to create more space for that. So for me, my morning routine is like, can't nobody mess with that. You know what I mean? I have my yoga mat, I have my tea, I have my candles, I have my journal, I have my music, and I have the sky. And I'm just, I just take time to breathe. And that's another thing, meditation, you know? It sounds cheesy because everyone's like, meditate, meditate. But it's like, meditation, I used to be like, I need to sit down and quiet my thoughts so that then I can manifest it. It was coming from that place. Mm -hmm. But now, it's like, I'm granting myself this space to just be with myself. And that is necessary, you know, that is necessary. And if it's something that spooks you or makes you feel uncomfortable, then you need, you really need to give it a shot because at the end of the day, everything starts from you, mm -hmm. everything. And so what my, morning medit my morning routine my just intentionality going to therapy <laughs> you know what i mean shedding the childhood trauma so that you can live in the now and not continuously cycle through things that happened 10 20 years ago what i realize is yeah like i could be in the same exact situation but because inside i've switched my perspective now i'm like Ah, this is amazing. Same situation that two weeks ago, I was like, I hate this, you know? Yeah. And so that really showed me 
like, okay, when we say it starts from it's from the inside out, it's just always from the inside out. So take with take that and run with it. Whatever it looks like. It doesn't have to look like me, but you have to find that thing for yourself. And how long did it take you to get to this point? I know like our, you know, healing journey, it's it's forever. It's an ongoing thing. But yeah. <laughs> how long did it take you to get to this point now where you know that when things go crazy, you need to retreat and go within and create that morning routine and different things like that? How long did like it take you? Like you said, it's a lifelong journey. I've always been in touch with my intuition. I've always been a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. But I'd say since the pandemic, like let's say it's been picture like literally my whole life I was working on this. Mm-hmm. You know. But when the pandemic hit, it was the biggest shock, I think, obviously for everybody, except you know, scientists who were like, there's a pandemic coming and no one was listening, but that's you know for another another podcast episode. Um, But when the pandemic hit, I had to face myself, you know, and all the expectations I was carrying. And I was like, this is how my life is gonna look. This is I'm gonna do this, this and this, and then this is gonna happen. And then you know, and the universe was like, ah, funny, (laughs) boom, you know, and all of a sudden I couldn't perform anymore. I couldn't, I, I wasn't seeing my family. I was, you know, stuck at home. And I was just like, who am I? <laughs> like, what? You know, when, you know, it's one thing to look forward to the stage and get to embody myself fully when I hit the stage. And so I feel like part of me got comfortable with that. I was like, you know, next time I get on the stage is when I'm going to feel myself fully. But then when I didn't get the opportunity to do that, and I was like, whoa, how am I going to feel that again, this embodiment of my complete and true self? And so since then, it was like a journey of just listening to my thoughts and journaling and starting therapy like more rigorously and really feeling my feelings, you know, really feeling my feelings. And um and looking at the ways that I've been working against myself. And so I'd say it took about, you know, March 2020 to now to really establish that routine for myself. And that now it's just a part of my day to day, whereas before it was just, it was, it was harder, you know, cause it was new. Yeah. But I feel that too. I feel the pandemic allowed a lot of people to ask that question, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And so it allowed a lot of people because we had all the time in the world to just sit with ourselves, right? Because we're like locked in our house. Mm-hmm. We're just stuck with whoever we're living with and we had to like figure things out. So I think um, that was a good part of the pandemic that a lot of people got to go within and really figure out like, why am I doing this? Who am I? What do I really like? What do I really want? Right. And different things like that. Now, I also feel that some... I guess not people, but maybe just the structure of the way that the world is. We kind of didn't learn, you know, because I feel like now, especially we've gotten back to being so busy that a lot of people are like getting burnt out Mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. Kind of just got back to like the regular thing. So I don't know how much everyone learned during that time. 
but it's kind of sad to see that a lot of people like I see online they're just talking about being like exhausted right I think that's the one thing that pushed me even more within because I realized wow okay now we're all collectively pretending that we didn't just go through the most traumatizing experience like we're not still in it Mm -hmm. people are like well you know the pandemic is over I'm like it's still a global pandemic like I know it's uncomfortable to say because we want it to be over Mm -hmm. but it is still a global pandemic you know and we'll never really know the impact the full impact until many many years later but I realized this is not a way that I want to live I don't want to be chasing running this rat race for what and for who as if it's for me cool but if it's not I better find another strategy you know and and that was the same thing like when it comes to real blackity talk uh which is a series that my sister and i created wrote during like early pandemic we got a a a deal with cbc and everything moved really fast and that started okay let me just tell you the story real quick (laughs) pandemic into it anyways i like i love that show perfect so the pandemic hits I'm shook, everybody's shook, we don't know what's going on. And then something about a month into it, my sister Kamana and I, we were living together at the time and we were like, we've always said that we should have a show. Mm-hmm. We've been talking so much smack about, I need, to start, I need to start creating my own work because these people don't understand who we are, you know? And it's one thing to say it and complain, But then we were like, I mean, we have all the time in the world. Let's go live on Instagram like the rest of the world. And so that's what we did. We started going live on Instagram twice a week. And we had so much fun. It's like we took, I don't even know how it feels to take that much MDMA, but it felt like we took like MDMA and all the things that people are seeking that rush, we were getting it naturally from just sitting in front of our cell phones and talking to a few followers who were, you know, started tuning in weekly. And something like two weeks into that, CBC released their creative relief fund, which was like basically millions of dollars that they wanted to funnel into original Canadian content. And my sister and I were like, what are you got to lose? Who knows, you know? Mm -hmm. And we pitched it. And then we found out a few weeks later, they were like, you have been selected. Like you were first shortlisted. Now you're part of the projects that have been selected. And we were like, what does that even mean? We don't know. They're like, well, you're getting a development deal. We're gonna give you a bit of money to like flesh out the concept of the show. And from there, everything started moving like really fast, but we were just excited. We were just excited. We were like, we have no idea what's what's going on. (laughs) We were on Instagram, now CBC is giving us some money to, you know, and and so we went into development and we realized, okay, what do we want to talk about? We're given this platform. This could potentially lead to a production deal. So what would we want the show to be about? And we realized, wow, Black women, non-binary Black people are the voices that we hear from the least, you know, and we want to give, we want to bring as many people as we can with us. It's not just going to be my sister and I like, what's up, y'all? We cute, we funny. You know, like we wanted it. It's been a good show. (laughs) Thank you. But we were like, it needs to be about the community, you know? 
Um, there are not enough shows in the Canadian media landscape yet for us. It just didn't feel right for it to just be her and I. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, so we came up with Real Blackity Talk and it's a blend of docu-talk meets skits meets comedic slash, I don't know, like non-fictional storytelling, you know, and interview style. It's a bit all over the map, but it's basically the show that we had always longed to see, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it our goal was completely decenter whiteness from the show, you know, so how often when black creators are given a platform, as long as they're like, well, white people, da, 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 then they're okay people are okay with that, but they were not, people are not used to us just being like, we're here, we exist, these are our stories. If you don't get it, it's not for you, period, you know? And so that was such an important, not only exercise, but just experience in owning my voice and and realizing what the power that we have. It's one, it, it's, it really, it was just an incredible experience. And so when the series uh, dropped, like after, you know, producing the show, writing it, putting it all together, it was my directorial debut, um, sat with Chris Lowe, who's an amazing creator uh, here in Toronto, my girl, she co-directed the series with me. And then we sat together and kept, our joke was, it's two black girls on a couch. And we were sitting there like going through the footage and piecing it together and it was made with so much love. And that experience showed me that one, follow your excitement. Follow your excitement. You don't know. You think you know. You don't know diddly squat, okay? So start where you're called to go. And that's what we did with the show. And the universe is going to give you back tenfold. Do it with love. Do it with intention. And then let it play out, you know? And and that that is what this show represents to me, you know, because now everything that I've learned about producing and working with the network and storytelling and notes, receiving notes from the network and deciding what we're going to take, what we're going to compromise, what we're going to, you know, stand firm on, all these things help me stand straighter in my body, like hold my head high because I'm like, I did that. I did that, you know? And so I feel like I'm rambling, but what I No, but this is great because this is like you said, we haven't seen any like anything like this in Canada. Right. A black woman to be on TV anywhere that's being supported by a big network, you hardly ever see it. So I thought it was just so dope. Like I tuned in on Instagram. Right. You are so much fun. And I loved how you guys just came up with songs and stuff because it reminds <laughs> me of like me and my sisters will just randomly like start singing something or making up a song. And then the topics you guys spoke about during the show as well. It's something that Canadian black women or people of color, like we don't see that. We don't get that. We don't have that representation at all. So it was amazing. And for you to be able to learn all these things in the process it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a good opportunity. Thank you. And that's the thing. I mean, the opportunity kicked my behind. Like we were, we did not expect it to roll this fast. And, you mm-hmm. know, and when you're working with the network, they have a deadline yep. for when you deliver the show. And 
And it was it was our first time. It was our first time. It went from us sitting together side by side in front of a cell phone to in a year sitting down and and putting a whole production together during COVID, you know, and and it just showed me, wow, what more can I do? What if you told me the all the work that it would have taken for me to get here beforehand, I might have not done it. I was like, <laughs> but there was something about following the excitement, you know, and only you know what that is. And only you, and that's why it's important to go within. That that's why there was beauty in us just sitting down and being like, okay, the canvas is blank. What do we want to put on it? Which colors? Which kind of strokes? we want to use our hands? Do we want to kick the canvas? What do you want to do? You know? And I think that's how, that's how I want to move forward is instead of being so focused on these specific goals, being like, until I get there, I'm, I'm not going to be happy, which is the biggest scam of all time. And you can see it like Jim Carrey is like, it's a lie. Don't <laughs> believe it. You know, every, I read Viola Davis's biography and she's like, I got the Oscar and I was like, that's it, you know? And so it's always about inside, you know? And so for me, I would say it's like, picture your life as the arts, you know? Mm -hmm. Picture your life as the goal. Every day, live your life like, you're painting a beautiful picture and how can you make it even more juicy for yourself? Because everything that you want is going to come, you know, but you have to, life is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. You're supposed to enjoy the journey. Yeah. You're not supposed to be like butt cheeks clenched, looking ahead. Like I can't, you know, until I get there. It's like, no, 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 no. I think that's, that's the thing that I feel like we we miss the point sometimes. And yeah. I'm starting to really understand. And I'm like, oh, this was supposed to be fun. <laughs> no, like, I'm totally, I'm totally starting to get there. Cause before I was like, I have to do this, I have to. Da -da 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 -da. Right. And it's just like, this is so tiring and not fun. Right. And how are you supposed to? learn how to enjoy like you think you're gonna get that thing and suddenly be happy it's like it no. takes practice it takes practice to be appreciative it takes practice to notice the beauty and receive it too mm -hmm. you know and so start today start today i always say because i watch um anderson pack on social media and i'm like i want to be as happy as Anderson Pack because everything he does, it's a production, but he looks like he's just having a ball he with is. whatever he's doing. His different wigs, his <laughs> outfits, like everything, his characters that he comes up with, like right. So I'm like that. That's a goal, right? Oh there. yeah, he gets it, and I think, and clearly, he's been through it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's he learned. He was like, oh, hold on. I'm going to ride it like a rodeo because when shit hits the fan, it hits the fan. And you and it's about how you perceive it, how you move through it. You know, life is not always going to be these high, 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 high moments. Um, it's just not going to be like that. And that's OK, you know. But in the meantime, can you make your life a little easier by being your own best friend? 
instead of kicking yourself. Yeah, I can do that. Definitely. I also want to ask though, for the show, who did the styling, the hair, the makeup? Because the looks were everything. Listen, thank you so much. We knew, first of all, we knew we had to come correct. We were like, our family across the country, and by this, I just mean black people mm -hmm. need that representation proper, you know? And so um, and so we hired one of our good friends, Miss Lady Andy, who's actually one of our black spurts. She Ooh. helped us with the styling. So we knew that we also collaborated with some designers here in Toronto. There's Desay, Desay Thompson, who's also one of our black spurts in the series. Um, and then there's a boutique Espace Urbain in Montreal. Yes. Bless Kitty Antoine. She, like, we went and rented so many pieces from her. Um, it was really mainly Black women being like, here, you know? And Ooh, so, there was, yeah, it was the support of our community to bring this together because we didn't have that many, that much money to work with, you mm -hmm. know? And so, but they were like, we got you. And so, Shout out to them for the makeup. There's Ranel Branton, AKA Rasthetics. She is the GOAT. If you don't know her, check her out. I love her work and I've always enjoyed working with her. She's done my makeup for Turn to Gold. She's done my makeup for photo shoots for our premiere. And it only made sense to have her on the team for the makeup. And same goes for Miss Smiles, who's another very talented makeup artist in Toronto. And so we were lucky. So that's why on some days, like let's say in the language episode, um, we have like all these gems on our brows and, you know, the hair is a little different. And so that's like Ronelle, who's a little more out there. Same goes for the social media episode where literally then my brows are yellow and Kamana's are white, you know? And mm -hmm. so Ronelle, you know, did that. And then Miss Miles was a little more like soft with the, with the makeup. So that's for community, for self-love. And you could kind of see... We want, we just let them do their thing. Like we didn't, we were just like, do whatever, <laughs> do whatever. Like this is, I am your canvas, you know? So that was really fun. And then for the hair, there's our girl Mata Bombambalombe in Montreal. Check her out on Instagram. It's Mata Hairstylist. She is my girl. And um, I met her in Toronto. She's the one who did my hair while I was doing Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. And um and yeah, and so when when we were putting the show together, it only made sense that I would reach out to her. And she, you know, we sent her ideas and she was like, got you. And then on the day, there was always an element of surprise. Like in the, I don't know if you've seen it, but in the Black Hair is Lit episode, Kamana's hair is, it's mm -hmm. like very big African style um, threaded twists, you know, that are like around her head. And I wasn't supposed to have that. I was supposed to have just Bantu knots. But then when I saw my sister, I was like, Mata, I need a heart on my head. And she was like, got you. And boom, boom, boom. She did it. And then now the look was even more cohesive. And so there was a lot of magic in the creativity, you know, some prep, but most of it happened on the spot, on the makeup chair. No, I, I love it. Anybody that's listening or watching, please check it out. It's on YouTube 
or um, it's on CBC Gem too, right? Yeah, Real Blackity Talk on CBC Gem. They're five episodes, short and sweet, 15 minutes each. And we go in, go hard. We give so much love. Um, and I, I can confidently say that you've never seen a show like that. Never. <laughs> That's the thing that I love. Like, especially here in Canada, like we don't get that. We don't get to see our hair in those different styles. Usually right. if you're doing a show, they, you know, mainly want your hair to be like straight or right. you know, what they claim is neat or whatever. Right. But this was just full on like, black I'm myself I love who I am like everything that's why I'm like we have to talk about the hair yes the fashion because that is also an important part of the show I think to me for other people to see that representation mm -hmm. I think that is amazing just showing like just be yourself you yeah. can have a tv show being yourself being yes. being the artist that you are like being all of you. And that's what we wanted because often as an actor, I felt like I was being, trying to push all my potential into a little pinhole. Mm -hmm. And this was finally an opportunity to present myself the way that I want to present myself, which is as me, really as me, you know? And so, yeah, go check out Real Blackity Talk made for us by us. Will there be a second season? You know what? I don't think so. Right now, I'm. I don't think so. I'm like, I don't think so. But I'm always creating, so there's for sure more on the way. You know, there's um, an EP that my sister and I mm -hmm. uh, produced together in association with the project, so that's gonna be coming out. I'm very excited about that. So you know, you could just keep track of all the multiple projects I got going on. No, definitely. And I do want to get into some uh, music um, yes. because there was the song you posted, I Can Do Anything, that you're yes. featured on with uh, Chris and Teve. Is that how you mm -hmm. pronounce it? Yes. So talk about that. How did you get onto that track? Right. So first of all, I just want to tell you, thank you for doing your research. <laughs> you are very good at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can do anything came about. So last year I was, I was just having a day, not one of those days where I'm feeling myself. One of those days where I'm like, seriously, this is it. You know, we all, have those, days. <laughs> we all have those days. And I fell on Kristen Teeb's song. I'm great which is they, what basically what they make is mantra music. I released a song called Turn to Gold, which is a mantra song where- Love that hook, song. Thank you. The hook just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats until you're like, oh, like it sinks in and you start believing what you're saying. Everything I touch will turn to gold. And I had until then never heard other artists do that, do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And with Chris and Teeb, they were the first ones and they have a song, it's like trap and it and they're like, mm, I'm great, mm, I'm great. Mm. And like, you have to check them out. Their music is amazing. And it's like, I would want to twerk to that in the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if, right? what if we went to the club and we twerked to I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. Like the, the, the consciousness of society as a whole would raise so high, so quickly. Mm -hmm. That, that's the thing, the vibration, the whole, like, yeah. Yeah. And so with it. 
that's it. That's and I think that's what we're working towards. And so when I found them immediately, like I posted a little video of me like vibing to the song, tagged them, and I was like, yo, love what you did. Thank you, because it just got me out of my funk. And Chris was like, oh, we love to connect with kindred spirits. And I was like, yeah, I'm a musician. He was like, oh, shit, dope, you know? And so I sent him Turn to Gold because I was like, we literally are on the same tip, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I sent it to him, he was like, holy, what? You know? And he was like, okay, that's it. We need to collaborate. And that's, it's just, it just blew my mind because once again, I was in a space that was so like, ugh. But, but then I just did what felt right in the moment and it, and it connected me to the people who not only made music that got me out of my funk, but then were like, let's collaborate. And the next thing you know, they sent me, I can do anything. And it was featuring Tony Jones, who's another affirmation artist that I listen to. She makes these really beautiful mantra pieces where she, she does spoken word and sings and like, you should check out her stuff as well. Like I'm all over that. Um, no, and definitely. I'm going to make a playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. And so they were like, we got a track with Tony Jones. We want some singing on it. Like, would you be open to it? And that's where it is in the, in the realm of serial manifestation. Because for me, it was like not even something. I was just happy to let them know I love their music, you know? And so mm -hmm. it just it just built up to that. And I they sent me the track. I vibed with it and I just added what, you know, I added my harmonies and I did a little bridge for it. And when I sent it back to them, they were like, girl, like, this is perfect. This is perfect. And then just recently they were like, the album is done. It's coming out. The track is on it. And I was just like, what? So that was another beautiful, um, unexpected gift, you know, the ability to, to work with artists that I really respect and whose art I actually really connect with like they've helped me so much before we even worked together you mm -hmm. know to now be working with these people is like what i love that you know and i think that just goes with your energy where you're at i think if you have a bad day because we're human we always have those ups and downs right. but i think the universe sends you what you need or or people that match your your vibration so I think that's where that comes from. And I think it's pretty cool. I did like the track. So definitely, you know, people check that out streaming because you can um, listen to it on any streaming platform. So it's out there. Yeah. And another thing I've seen, I don't know if this is um, on a solo EP or maybe it's the collaboration with your sister, but you did put up like a teaser of a song. It's like an ode to your mother. Mm. That was a beautiful song that you put out. Just a little 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 snippet you gave us yes so is that gonna be on a solo ep when can we expect it what kind of music are we gonna be getting so listen lorena i got a whole album okay that's gonna be dropping in 2023 i'm so proud of the music i feel like it's such a beautiful representation of where i am and and uh and yeah, so you know, sovereignty, the the snippet that I that I shared online, that's definitely gonna be one of the songs on the record. And basically the the album is all about each song is tied to a lesson I learned about coming into my power. And 
yeah i'm just so hype about it i'm so so hype about it i can't wait for you guys to start hearing the music shake your ass to the music <laughs> i basically i mean this project is very much like we're here you know like i've made a lot of songs where it's like i'm in you know i'm pushing through and i'm working through and i'm and that's cool like there's value to that but i allow myself to flex a little bit you know what i mean because there's that side of me too you know as i should thank you and so yeah this this project is a little more braggadocious um it's very upbeat it's soulful as always and the music is just as my music in general is still very positive very mantra oriented and um is very african very pop um ah i that's what i'm gonna say for now it's okay. coming out 2023 I'm really, really excited about it. And I and I know that people are, are going to connect to it. Well, I'm looking forward to it because everything that I've heard so far, I love it. Mm. And like I said, it's always positive music. It's always, you know, enlightening. It's always motivating. So I can't wait to hear what you come up with next. Yeah. So we're looking out for that 2023. But for now... I can do anything. We can definitely stream that as well. And then also stream all of your other projects that are out on Netflix, on YouTube, on CBC. Yes. Keep up with all things Aza. Now we're going to play some R&B trivia before I wrap this up. Yes. So I'm going to ask you six questions. Okay. And we'll see how well you do. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, let's do it. Don't worry. Normally is easy. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like usually it is. The only time it's been really shaky for me is when I've had like really young people. Right. Like, oh, you weren't born yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Time it's been a little, little iffy. Okay. <laughs> so question one: Who did Beyonce portray in the movie Cadillac Records? Is it Aretha Franklin? Lena Horne, Billie Holiday, or Etta James? Wasn't it Etta James? That is correct. Okay, good. Because I was like, <laughs> Billie had me, had me a little twisted. I was like, was it? No, it was Etta. Okay, yeah, cool. it was Etta James. Okay, question two. In Mariah Carey's hit song, We Belong Together, what old school R&B artist name completes the following phrase? I can't sleep at night when you are on my mind. Blanks on the radio. Woo! Is it Smokey Robinson, Bobby Womack, Al Green, or Marvin Gaye? Oh my God. Okay. Can't sleep at night when you are on my mind. Bobby Womack's on the radio. Bobby Womack. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta sing it through. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Question three. What is Faith? Oh, wait. Did I write that correctly? Yes. What is Faith Evans going to do as soon as she gets home? There's no, there are no options. What is Faith Evans going to do? Mm-hmm. As soon as she gets home. 
I, I, I need, I should know this, but I don't. Okay, so the answer is, I'll make it up to you, baby. I'll do what I got to do. Dang. Yeah, I messed that one up. <laughs> Good questions. Though. I was like. <laughs> it's okay. It's only, it's only one. <laughs> right. Okay, so the next question. Which singer is often referred to as the vocal Bible? Is it Whitney Houston, Brandy, Mariah Carey, or Jasmine Sullivan? Oh, my God. I don't know because, I mean, the vocal Bible. The Bible is like. I the Bible's up there. Yeah, the Bible's up there. So Whitney Houston? That is incorrect. Is it Jasmine? Jasmine is known as The Voice. Oh, who's the Bible? It is Brandy. Oh, okay, that would make sense. That makes sense because Brandy's got chops and chops and chops for days. But you, the 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 the, the list of singers there is just like <laughs> you could literally it's be hard because like, yeah, they're all pretty like they're all pretty great. Yeah, okay, so we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring an easy one in. Ah. Name the group or duo that consisted of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Is it Free National? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sonic. That was easy. <laughs> We're back on track. Okay, so the last question. Yes. Which Janet Jackson song is known for its famous countdown in the beginning of the song? Is it that's the way love goes. If rhythm nation or anytime, any place. Rhythm nation. That is correct. Mama <laughs> And this is where intuition, intuition steps in. Cause I was not sure, but it just was. It was just like rhythm nation. I was like, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Well, that is the right answer. It is Rhythm Nation. Nice. So not bad. Thank Four you. out of six. Not bad. But that question was hard with all of the singers. So look, we'll I'm, okay. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not that sober loser. I got, <laughs> I got four out of six. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. So thank you so much for playing R&B trivia with me and to come on the Total R&B podcast. Really quickly, let people know where they can follow you and yes. what they should be keeping up with you with. Yes. So first of all, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Make sure to follow me at A-I-Z-A-B-B-Y on all social media platforms. I'm also on TikTok, you know, doing a little thing thing. The mm -hmm. vibe is a little different on TikTok and I'm having a blast on it. So if you want to get to know a different side of me, follow me there. Um, there's Jeremy and Jazzy if you have children. Uh, it's a beautiful animated series that I have the pleasure of lending my voice to for Jazzy, who's a little black girl. She's a multi-instrumentalist. She's a dreamer. She's brought so much joy to me, and I know that she will to you as well. So if you have kids, make sure to check out Jeremy and Jazzy on CBC Kids. Uh, we also have the music on Spotify. Make sure to go watch my series Real Blackity Talk on CBC Gem or YouTube. 
Um, my music is going to be coming out, new music, very soon. So all of that is going to be shared on my social media platforms. So let's just, you know, stay in touch and keep shining and, you know, come up with that morning routine. Come up with that morning routine. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And thank you to everybody that's listening and watching. My name is Lorena. You can follow me on Instagram at Lorena.xo. This is the Total R&B Podcast. We are a bi-weekly podcast. So I will be back in two weeks with a new interview. Thank you.